Firm Foundation is an outreach of the Primitive Baptist Churches of DeKalb County. Mount View Primitive Baptist Church meets in the Shiny Rock community on Old Blue Springs Road each Sunday morning at 10.30. Your speaker today is Elder Ricky Arnold, pastor at the Mount View Church. Then I would like to turn our attentions to begin in the epistle of 1 John. As I said, Paul taught the young preacher, Timothy, to rightly divide the word of truth. 
young preacher Titus to speak the things that become sound doctrine. And over the last few months, we've tried to focus on a lot of just pure doctrine, what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches to be ready to answer what we believe. And these are the things that we profess we believe. We've got articles of faith hanging on the wall back here. They say this is what this church believes. Well, here's one of the things, and I believe, now this is a, what I'm going to speak on today has nothing to do with eternity. There are things that have to do in God's Word with today. Now, one of the most important part, we spoke, uh, God blessed uh, Sunday or so ago, we spoke about discipleship. Well, one of the main parts or focal points for the Christian life and discipleship rests on the doctrine of repentance. Now, I'm going to be perfectly honest. A lot of thoughts have run through my mind on this. That this is a doctrine, let's just be honest, this is a doctrine that in the in large part in the, in, in the world in which we live, particularly this nation, that has fell on hard times is that of sin and repentance. You know, there's an excuse for everything now. You know, it's not my fault. Well, the truth of the matter is, let's, let's look at what God's Word says. And let's just start, we're in the first epistle of John, and chapter 1, and I'll begin reading at verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Now before I read the other two verses, let me just stop with that. If we say that we have no sin, I don't have anything to repent of. Yes, you do. We all do. We're all sinners. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The only person that's being fooled by a statement like that is yourself. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word's not in us. Well, the truth of the matter is, dear children, if we confess our sins... Now, we know that our sins were paid for by Jesus Christ with His shed blood. But this is an experience that we need here in this life, day by day, is to feel the presence of our Lord and to feel His forgiveness. Repentance. Now, Brother Michael Goins gives the best direct, gives, a, gives a definition of repentance this way. A change of mind that issues in a change of direction. Dear children, repentance is a process that each child of God needs to do. And repentance is not a, I've said this, it's not a one-time thing with a child of God. It's a lifetime thing. Let's understand. Let's go to the book of Joel in the Old Testament. The book of Joel. Book of Joel chapter 1, chapter 2, and let's read verses 12 through about... 15. Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart and not your garments. And turn unto the Lord your God for He is gracious 
and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Let me stop right there and I'll read the other two verses and we'll look at some things. Now what did he say? He said, rend your heart and not your garment. You see, among the religious leaders of the day, it was a symbol of repentance if you'd take your outer cloak and you would rip it in two. I, that's a symbol. But what's he saying here? I want you to rend your heart and not your garment. I don't want an outward show of repentance. I want a repentance that goes to the heart of who you are. I want you to tear up the old man, as Brother Paul is quoted and read to us from God's Word. We have a lifetime labor of putting off our old sinful nature and putting on the righteousness of God. You see, we don't have any righteousness of our own. All we have is the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. And we're to put off the old man and put on the new. That's a lifetime labor. And who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God, blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast called a solemn feast. What does he tell them? He says, I want, he's telling this nation, he's telling his people to repent, to return to God. Not just an outward show, but one that goes to the heart of who we are. And he says, blow the trumpet. Give the sound. Give the alarm. Dear children, it's time, I believe, in the nation in which we live that the, tr that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ blow a trumpet and sound the alarm because there are things we are excusing sin at an alarming rate in this country and turning a blind eye to things that are evil. And it's as simple as this. If God said it was wrong when He told it to Moses, my Bible says... I am the Lord and I change not. And it doesn't matter what society accepts. It doesn't matter what the world says is okay. If God said it's wrong, it's still wrong. I hate to even say what I've got on my mind, but I think it needs to be said right here in amongst our community on the campus of Tennessee Tech University just within the last week to ten days they had a show of drag queens for little children. Now how, how wrong and how appalling is that on how many levels? We have people all over this nation that are in up in arms protesting for the right to murder their own children. Their children sin still sin. And if you want to know what God thinks about these things, you can go to the 18th chapter of Leviticus and He plainly tells you what He thinks about uh, fornication, what He thinks about uh, false worship, what He thinks about homosexuality. He calls these things an abomination. I looked up abomination. And it, it simply means in Webster's Dictionary, extreme hatred. Now the world wants that the, the religious world today will say God is love and God loves you for who you are. No, He doesn't. He loves you because of what His Son did for you. And their children, God hates sin. And for a child of God, repentance and turning away from our sin is a lifetime work. That in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter six. Let's just start at verse 13. He says, 
For from the least of them, even to the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetous, covetousness. And from the prophet, even to the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. They have healed also the herd of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore, they shall fall among them that fall at the time that I visit them. They shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Now, what did he say? Here are people that are acting in a way that they ought to be ashamed. And he says, are they ashamed? No, they can't even blush. They're not, a, they're not ashamed at all. Now, I understand I know there are people that are not children of God that have no interest in what I've got to say. But dear children, these things affect the children of God and there are many of God's children that are being poisoned and led astray by things that we ought to stand up and say that's sin. Now listen to what the prophet Jeremiah says. Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls." Now the old path, and I'm going to read the rest of that verse. There's one more sentence. Now the old paths are not just the way Grandpa walked. The old paths are the paths that are in harmony with what God's Word says. They're what God's Word teaches us. Now what did they say? But they said, we will not walk therein. Dear children, rebellion is sin. In the book of Haggai, it tells us to consider our ways. And brothers and sisters, every child of God ought to consider his ways. Is his ways in harmony with what God says? And this is a lifetime thing with the children of God. It teaches us, Brother Paul's already read this or quoted it one this morning, Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. What does that mean? God wants you to sacrifice your sinful desires and your old ways and be not conformed to this world. It doesn't matter if the world says all these evil things are acceptable if God says they're wrong. And dear children, I've got grandchildren. There's a lot of us here have got grandchildren I fear for what our grandchildren are exposed to because, dear children, it can lead them in a, in, in, in a wrong direction and it can lead them to things that will harm them. Sin's still sin. And we all say so. Repentance. There are four parts to repentance. And I've said repentance is not a one-time thing with a child of God. Brother Paul over the last few weeks, it's, it, 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 it seems to me, I was sitting there while he was talking and thinking, well, the Lord put the right thing in, my, in his mind to go with what I already had. Put off the old man and put on the new. That's the, that, is, that, is, that is a lifetime work for a child of God. That's a cornerstone of, of a Christian life. That is, that is the, the, the focal point of what we are in this world. This is not about getting to heaven. This is about glorifying God while we walk here in this life. You see, if you want to twist things around, you can find an excuse for everything. 
that I, I heard a preacher tell one time about, about uh, a woman that had made up her mind she was going to leave her husband and she didn't want any counseling. She didn't want to be told anything. And, she, and, and the preacher asked her, said, well, well, why? He said, well, the Lord showed it to me. He said, well, how did the Lord show it to you? He said, I opened the book and right there it was. Put off the old man, put on the new. That's not what that means. Dear children, if you want to twist things, you can make them come out the way you want to. But that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to repent and turn away from our old sinful desires and turn toward God. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 59. And Brother Ronald Lawrence made mention of this verse. And it says in chapter 59, verse 1, says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is ear heavy that it cannot hear. Now, I'm thankful for that. But the Lord's hand's not shortened. There's not a child of God that's ever been out of His reach. But dear children, let me ask you the question. Have you ever felt like the Lord was a long way away? I have. I'll admit it. Why is that? But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid His face from you that He will not hear. Dear children, when we rebel against God, it comes between us and our fellowship and our walk with God. I've said it before, my father, my earthly father, my dad, most of y'all remember my dad, that now he knew how to apply the rod of correction. And I learned, Brother Paul, I'd rather be on Dad's good side than I'd have him mad at me. You understand where I'm coming from? Isn't it the same way with our Heavenly Father? Wouldn't you rather be in His favor than in His chastening rod? Well, dear children, that's what putting off the old man, that's what repentance is all about. The Lord's hand is not shortened. In Corinthians tells us, Godly sorrow worketh repentance. And it's not a matter, you know, there's a lot of folks who are sorry. What are they sorry for? I'm sorry I got caught. And there's a difference in I'm sorry I got caught than I'm sorry that I offended God. I'm sorry that I hurt somebody. I'm sorry that I went the wrong way. Godly sorrow. Dear children, Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 25. It says, Heaviness in the heart of a man maketh it to stoop, but a Good word maketh it glad. What's that mean? Heaviness in the heart. Guilt will weigh upon you, children. It's like old David, and he committed a sin. He thought he had it all covered up. He thought nobody knew. Well, if there's one that knew, God knew. God knew all that he'd done. Now listen to what that meant. Was it a heaviness to the uh, psalmist David? Let's go to Psalms chapter 32. Psalms chapter 32, and let's begin at verse 1 and listen to what it says. And blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is, is covered. Verse 2, blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, in whose spirit there is no guile. Verse 3, when I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night, Thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into drought of summer. What are all these verses? It's conviction. You see, dear children, when a child of God goes the wrong way, I believe with all my heart the Lord's going to trouble his heart and let him know his conscience is going to trouble him that he's convicted of his sins. What old David thought he had all this covered up. 
He thought that he had got away with his sin. Had he? No. It says, for when I kept silence, when I kept my mouth shut and pretended everything was all right, what happened? He says, my bones wax old through my roaring all the day long. What? He became physically ill. He became troubled. Nothing in his life was right. Because the Lord was troubling his spirit. Dear children, conviction of sin. God gave his child when he gave him a new birth. He gave him a conscience that convicts him and tells him. You know better than that. Now listen. Verse 5, I acknowledge my sin unto thee and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgressions unto thee and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Everything got better for David. Now did that mean that all his troubles went away? Absolutely not. Trouble followed David all the rest of his life because of his sin. But he felt and experienced the forgiveness of God when he confessed his sins. He felt and experienced, yeah I messed up. And I confess that, Lord. I'm guilty. And that leads us to the next part of true repentance. Once you know you're guilty, the next part is confession. Now the Lord knows you're guilty. But you just you just you just well to own up to it. Psalms fifty one is David's reply to the prophet Nathan. When God sent the prophet to him and said, You're guilty. I want you to consider this verse very carefully. In Psalms 51, he starts off, Have mercy upon me, O God. And, and, and he comes to verse 4 and he says against verse 3. Here's what he's here. We already know he's confessed his sin. Verse 3 I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. What did David say? Against thee and thee only have I sinned. Had David's sin hurt his own family? Well, he had a wife and children. Had he hurt them? Well, sure he had. Had David's sin hurt him in the eyes of the other kings and kingdoms around him? Sure it had. The one that was hurt most was Uriah the Hittite. He not only took Uriah's wife away from him, he took and had Uriah killed. But ultimately, David said against thee and thee only have I sinned. When we sin, our sin is against God. And we confess those things. And he goes on in this same... Let's go down to about verse 11 of the same chapter. They cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Had David lost his eternal salvation? No. Had he lost the joy? Absolutely. Dear children, we can lose our joy. We can lose our peace. We can lose our fellowship with God when we rebel and go contrary to what God says. And can we experience the forgiveness of God when we go back and confess our sins? Absolutely we can. And folks, that's something we ought to do on a regular basis. Because we're all sinners. And we ought to confess that and we ought to teach that. And are there children of God out there in this world that are being chewed up by these lies that we've been talking about? Absolutely. Absolutely there are. And dear children, we are too. 
have a burden to preach and teach the doctrine of repentance, that we that the church would be a light and shine boldly and speak boldly in this world. Yes, these are lies of Satan, but God grants repentance. There is a place of refuge. That brings us to the next part of our step in our progression in in, in repentance is commitment. Boy, there's something that is lacking in the world in which we live today is commitment. If things are not right, well, I'll just throw in the towel and move on to what's next. I have no commitment. All I'm committed to is making me happy. That prevails in the world in which we live in. I'm sorry, but it's true. It's not right, but it's true. Go to that seventh chapter of Second Corinthians, if we might where it says, Godly sorrow worketh repentance. Look at, that's verse 10. Godly sorrow worketh repentance. Look at verse 11. For behold, the selfsame thing that ye sorrowed after a godly sort, what carefulness it wrought in you, what cleaning of yourself, what indignation, yea, what fear, yea, what vehement desire, yea, what zeal, what revenge, in all these things ye have approved yourself to be clear in this matter. What have they done? They have been labored. They have been indignant. They have been, they want to clean this up and they want to put it behind them. Dear children, that ought to be us. Every child of God. Do you remember the woman that was caught in the very act of adultery? Now the men that caught her were just as sinful as she was. The Lord made that known. But it's not a question of is she guilty. They said they caught her in the very act. And what does it say? What did Jesus tell her? Go. Now I've heard it quoted, go thy way. It don't say that. If she'd have went her way, she'd have went back where she's at. He said, go and sin no more. Dear children, we're to go and depart. We're to make a commitment. And then there's a consecration. That commitment brings us to a sacred part. And Brother Paul's already quoted that. Put off the old man and put on the new. We put on Christ. Yes, I am a sinner. I say things I shouldn't say. I do things I shouldn't do. And repentance is a regular thing with me. I've often said I've made more mistakes than a man ought to have a right to make. But I'm thankful God is a forgiving God. How about you? Dear children, we need to see and we need to understand that our God is a merciful God. And this is a, this is a Bible doctrine. I preached on it before. And I wanted to preach on it again today. Now the next thing is faith. And I hope that God will bless us to talk about faith in days to come. But in the book of Micah is where I'll close. As we look at all of these things, dear children, we're surrounded by evil. The world in which we live in is evil. The Apostle Paul told the young preacher Timothy, in the last days, perilous times shall come that evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. We need not look for this to get better. We need to look for it to get worse because that's what God's Word says. But that doesn't mean we give in and turn a blind eye to sin or to evil. We confess it. We preach against it. And we ask God's forgiveness. Listen to this verse and it's, it's, it sums up verse 18 of the 7th chapter of the book of Micah. Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. Aren't you thankful that your God delights in mercy? 
You know what mercy is? Grace is when God gives you what you don't deserve. But mercy is when He holds back what you do deserve. I deserve God's chastisement. I'm thankful for His mercy. Pray that God would bless His church and people to stand for truth in an evil day. May the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Thank you for listening. You may write to the Firm Foundation in care of Ricky Arnold, 328 R. Arnold Road, Smithville, Tennessee, 37166. And until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you is my prayer.